Welcome back to another episode of Self Development with Tactics Podcast. Today we are starting with another book summary. Once again by the SamuelThomasDavis.com site. I was, you know, not necessarily impressed, but I was really happy with the last one we went through. Um, the Gap and the Game by Benjamin Hardy. Um, interesting book. Oh, and the 59 Seconds book by Richard Wiseman. Which, by the way, if you wonder, was very recently on the Tim Ferriss podcast, um, or the Tim Ferriss show. Good thing, good episode. I haven't listened to the full one, but a few bits of it, and um, <laughs> just wise man's way of speaking is very British accent. It's 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 wonderful. It's it's great. I like it. But here we go. Let's have a look. Um, book summaries 101, book summaries by title. I would actually go to book summaries by, would be amazing to have something by category and or even by rating by year. 2021 best books. Let's actually see, you know what the 2021 best books are all about. The psychology of money, isn't this a really old one? Hitman, Stop Asking Questions, Blackout, Face the Music, Chase Darkness, With Me, Sing Backwards and Weep, A Bit of Stretch, The Gap and Again, Anything You Want by Derek Silvers. The Psychology of Money. Is this actually such a new one? I kind of doubt it, I don't know why. Remembering the things I drank to forget. <laughs> There is actually also a rating there. Chase Darkness, Sing Backwards, A Bit of a Stretch, The Diaries of a, of a Something. Let's go with Stop Asking Questions. No. Hitman. Is there actually something? Oh. Or the psychology of money. We can also do that. The psychology of money is about the strange ways people think about wealth, greed, and also happiness. No one's crazy. Summary. Everyone looks at money through the lens of their past experiences. You can read what it was like to lose everything during, say, the Great Recession, but you will never hear the emotional I'm sorry, you will never bear the emotional scars of those who survived it and are now afraid to invest again. It is important to remember, then, that until you have lived through a financial crisis and felt its consequences, you will never understand why people behave the way they do. Which might be the case, I cannot really tell, because I lived, I lived, yes, I haven't lived through this as well, so it might be a bit hypocritical to be like, oh no, it's probably not really the case. Um, the second one, luck and risk. Big idea. Nothing is as good or as bad as it seems. Every outcome in life is guided by forces other than individual efforts. Bill Gates had a competitive advantage over millions of other students because he attended one of the only high schools in the world that had the cash and foresight to buy a computer. In finance, luck is, its, is, its, is as much a force as risk. I did actually not know this about Bill Gates. Um... 
but it kind of makes sense like it really does um that he then had a head start um but i do also still want to point out that he probably wasn't the only student that had access to a computer so um he uh, probably was still um you know first of all very smart and second of all also very um you know maybe aware of of the changes that might be able to come and or just very interested in the whole topic in the whole computer thing thing never enough big idea rich people do crazy things rahat guptas bernie madoff these are men that had everything wealth power freedom only to lose everything because they had no sense of enough the lesson there is no need to risk what you have a need for what you don't have and don't need the hardest financial skill it seems is to stop the goalposts from moving yeah um i think we all know that uh the very first time we made a bit of money through work or through whatever maybe through investing and whatnot um it seemed amazing like okay we made our first money it's great and whatnot and um, all of a sudden it is quite normal all of a sudden those five bucks that we might have made they are nothing unfortunately and we're seeking more and we're seeking more and we're seeking more and um of course um at some point you're going to be able to to live off of that money which then is amazing and really great um but we're still seeking for more for whatever reason you know studies have shown as far as i remember that having more money than being able to to um to buy your necessities those things that you really need um there isn't more more happiness than that like happiness kind of ends there and um on the other hand there's probably also going to be responsibilities um going hand in hand with having more money and or making more money probably also having to to take care of taxes a bit more than than before and so on and so forth so um there is always drawbacks of good things coming or things that are good the fourth confounding compounding big idea our minds are not built to handle the reality that compounding leads to logic defying results Warren Buffett's fortune isn't due to just being a good investor. Rather, it is due to being a good investor since he was a child. As of writing, Warren Buffett's net worth is 84.5 billion. Of that, 84.2 billion was accumulated after his 50th birthday. The counterintuitive nature of compounding leads even the smartest of us to overlook its enormous power. Um, compound interest, which means that, for example, when I am having 100 bucks today, and I get, get let's say, 10% every single year. Next year, I'm starting with 110. So 10% of 110 is more than 10% of 100. And this goes on and on and on and on until I'm having a lot of fucking money. Um, people say, and this is no financial advice, that um, having some low-cost index funds is the best option to invest in. Um, because it is passive, it's not actively managed, which um, is a bit of a fucked up thing because there are some fees. Um, but yeah, you know, there's still a lot of risk, so you, you can lose it all. It's definitely the case because of some crises. Crises? Crisis? Crisis? You know what I mean.
Getting wealth versus staying wealthy. Big idea. Good investing is not about making good decisions. It is about consistently not screwing up. I heard that before and I think it is quite great. It also kind of puts a, a bit of, you know, not necessarily responsibility, but a, a, there isn't that much power in, okay, um, I need to be good. I need to invest very well. I need to do this. I need to do that. But on the other hand, it's just do not fuck up and everything is going to be nice. Houser writes that if he had to summarize money success in a single world, I'm sorry, word, it would be survival, not growth or brains or insight, but survival. The ability to stick around for a long time without wiping out or being forced to give up. Makes the biggest difference when it comes to making money. Compounding only works if you can give an asset years to grow. Yeah. The sixths. Tails, you win. Big idea, you can be wrong half the time and still make a fortune. Anything that is huge, profitable, famous or influential is the result of a tail event, an outlying one in thousands of a million event. And most of our attention goes to things that are huge, profitable, famous or influential. When most of what we pay attention to is the result of a tail, it is easy to understand, I'm sorry, it is easy to underestimate how rare and powerful they are. Freedom. Big idea, controlling your time is the highest dividend money pays. The highest form of wealth is the ability to wake up every morning and say, I can do whatever I want, when I want, with who I want, for as long as I want. This more than your salary, um, more than the size of your house, more than the prestige of your job, more than anything is the highest dividend money pays. Um, and I would quite argue, if you're smart about work, the work that you're doing, and also especially where you're doing it to um, have lower, um, you know, rent costs and, and just, you know, living costs, having lower living costs, you do not necessarily have to have a, I don't know, six-figure job or something. Doesn't necessarily be the case or doesn't necessarily have to be the case for you to have an enormously great life. Most often it is the case, though, that um, we're living in spaces or we're living in areas that are very fucking expensive. And in the end, we need a lot of money to just, you know, be able to sustain ourselves to even exist. So it's kind of a, a cycle. Rent is going up. We need more money. Maybe um, our income isn't linearly um, or as linear as rent prices are growing and so on and so forth, which leads to us being unhappy, yada, yada, yada. But I think you get my point. With this being said, I'm going to see you the next time.